What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Brick layers and ball shorts. Coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast, man. It's been it's been a week since we did a preview. We had a bye week last week. Now, this episode will preview the Virginia Cavaliers as they travel to through the 305 to take on the Miami Hurricanes at Hard Rock Stadium. This Friday under the lights is definitely going to be a fun game. Before we get started, let's shout out the sponsors of this episode. First of all, Able Insurance. Go to ableinsurance.net for all your insurance needs. Able Insurance provides the best combination of coverage and price for auto, home, life, and business insurance. Able Insurance um, headquarters are located in the state of Virginia, but they now also deliver personal and stellar service to their newly added states of Texas and Arizona. So holler at Aber Insurance, 434-979-0814 is the number here in Charlottesville, 804-741-6305 for Richmond, and toll-free 844-588-4636, and tell them the ball hawk sent you. If you're looking for a place a new place to live, you're looking for an investment property, you're looking for a vacation property, holler my man, Connor Murray Realtor. You could uh, follow him at Connor Murray Real Estate on Instagram. Hit him up, follow him, and then go to Facebook at Connor Murray Realtor. Hit him up, follow, tell him the ball hawk sent you. Definitely holler at Connor Murray. He'll definitely take care of you. And also CrowCookies.com. Go to CrowCookies.com. Losing never tastes so good. Check out their cookie selection. Check out what they have. And next time you make a bet when it comes to sport, Crow Cookies should be at stake. Crowcookies.com. So let's jump into it, man. Also, go to sthujuice.com for your Shut the Hell Up Juice Apparel and AmonHawkins.com. All right. So all the uh, pleasantries and the, and the um, bill paying information is done. Let's jump right into this preview. It's not going to be long. We're going to jump right to the point. Had over a week to prepare for the U, a very dangerous 2-3 and three team, very explosive 0-2 team in the ACC under head coach Manny Diaz in his first year as their head coach. Um, the Wahoos won last year's meeting by a score of 16-13, to 13, and basically when you go back and look at that film, Miami should have won that game. Uh, defensively, they had three interceptions on Bryce Perkins, but we negated that by picking off their quarterbacks three total times. Uh, We only had 92 yards passing that game. We only had 231 yards of total offense. We had 139 yards rushing, which was a plus, which which allowed us to control the momentum of the game. We had our only touchdown by Jordan Ellis in the second quarter, a seven-yard touchdown run that allowed us to be up 13-6 at halftime. 
we look at Miami, they had 149 yards rushing on the ground. Um, they had 190 yards passing. They had 339 yards of total offense. Uh, it was just one of those games that was ugly. And the late penalties by Miami and their lack of discipline helped us secure the game because Brian DeLady made one of his three field goals to seal the victory for the Wahoos. We gave up a late touchdown to Malik Rozier, um, but we sealed the victory. So looking at last year's film, Miami got after us, but we kept the turnover ratio. We we negated it because Bryce threw some ill-advised interceptions early in that game. But Juan Thorhill had two interceptions. I, I believe Joey Blunt also had an interception. And um, that defense, and, and, and not to mention Bryce Hall's rundown of Travis Homer that saved the touchdown and forced them to kick a field goal. So our defense played out of their mind. That's when we was banged up. I think that was the first game we showed the the two four five look. We had two down linemen, two outside backers, and then uh two backers. So instead of the three four look, we had four a four down lineman look, even though it was just two guys with their hand in the dirt and two backers on the outside. That was the first game we showed that wrinkle. Uh we got to uh Nicosi Perry early. He was just three or six. He threw two interceptions, just had uh twenty yards. And then Malik Rozier came in. We also picked him off as well. So it's ironic that Perry got pulled that game in relief for Rozier. And I think Rozier went to go start the majority of the games. And now Perry is starting for Williams, who got pulled versus Virginia Tech when he threw three quick interceptions in the first quarter versus them. So we got to be on our P's and Q's. When we look at the team comparison, um, scoring offense, Miami averages 32 points a game. UVA averages 32.2 points a game. Rushing offense, Miami averages 133.6. They average 315 yards through the air. They're one of the most prolific passing teams in the ACC when you look at total average, passing average per game, even though they're 2-3. and three. Our passing offense, we average 256. Um, their pass efficiency is 158.4. Our pass efficiency on offense is 135.5. Total offense, they average 448 yards of total offense. We average 363. Time of possession is pretty much the same. They average 33 minutes, 8 seconds. We average 33 minutes and 47 seconds. Scoring defense, pretty much the same. 21.2 is what they yield. 21.4 is what we yield. So you look at scoring offense, we got them by .2. You look at scoring defense, they got us by .2. I mean, that jumps out to me. Rushing defense, we give up 95.6. That Notre Dame game really skewed our numbers. Uh, their rush defense, 78.4. Then their pass defense is just 204.6, and our pass defense is 184.0. Uh, pass efficiency defense, 129, 123.9 for Miami, 117.45. Total defense, they're at 283. We're at 279. Sacks, we average four sacks, 4.4 sacks a game. They average 2.6 sacks a game. Turnover margin, we're negative 1.20. They are just, they're only plus 2-0. That's been the biggest difference for them this year. And, you know, granted, Virginia Tech game really 
you know, dial back those numbers. But um, when you break down the tail of the tape, but this is boxing. This is a pretty evenly matched game. Even though they're two and three, they lost to North Carolina, they lost to Florida, then they lost to Virginia Tech. Uh, but this is not a team we could just say, oh, Miami's some trash and we're just going to beat them. No. They're very dangerous. It's the same as Florida State. It's the same thing I said when we was about to play Florida State, just looking at, on, look at them on film. Miami's very fast, very explosive. Love the big plays. Love to get you on the island. Love to push the ball down the field. They throw slip screens. They, they just want to score in chunks. They don't want to be methodical because their Achilles heel has been their offensive line. When you look at the games this year, first game versus Florida, they gave up 10 sacks. Second game versus North Carolina, they gave up four sacks. Bethune-Cookman, that's a wash. We throw that out there. That's a stat pattern. They scored 63 points and pitched a shutout. So that pretty much helps their tail of the tape. But, we, you know, they didn't allow a sack versus Bethune-Cookman. Central Michigan, they gave up four sacks. Virginia Tech, they gave up seven sacks. So not only did they give up seven sacks versus Virginia Tech, but they also threw four interceptions. That was the first game that Williams threw an interception at all. Before then, he was very efficient, uh, complete over 70% of his passes. He was doing well. Uh, Only thing about him, he was just getting hit. He was getting banged up, and that's why he's not starting this game. He has a bum shoulder. Perry starting. Perry came in in relief last game. First Virginia Tech threw for over 400 yards in just three quarters. He threw an interception on his own, but he threw for over 400 yards in just three quarters. So that's something to keep your eyes on. Um, as much as we took advantage of Perry early last year's game, you still have an additional year under your belt. So this is what I call a mirror match. This is looking at yourself in the mirror. You look at Miami and your UVA, you feel like, when you look at their defense, 4-3, very good linebackers, some sound DBs. Uh, they want to press you. Their strength is at their linebackers. They have two very good linebackers. They have they have the first, their front seven is legit. Let me let me pump my brakes there. Their front seven is legit. They get after you. Athletic, uh, can beat you man on man, can stay base coverage when you go three receivers. Uh, they just play sound and they want to challenge you on the outside. Uh, their corners, they got good size, you know, six foot one. I mean, I, well, one of their corners is five nine, but the other corner six one. Both safeties over six feet. Just they just pass the eye test, if you know what I'm saying. But the reason why I said they, they it's a mirror match is because everything that we pride ourselves in, they pride themselves in on defense, getting after you, allowing their secondary to make plays on the back end sacking the quarterback i mean we talk about the sacks they give up we let's look at the sacks that they've gotten each game let me i just had that up um all right so versus florida they had one sack but versus north carolina they have four bethune cookman two central michigan four virginia tech two so they could get out to the quarterback as well um not to the tune as the cavaliers have been doing this year but they're no slouch they're definitely no slouch and um, they only have three interceptions this year. They had two versus Florida. If you go back to that Florida game, the defense kept them in the game and, and gave them a shot. So, conversely, if you look at their defense versus our offense, just like our offense look at our defense look at their offense, it's the same. Playmakers on the outside, capable running back. I feel like our quarterback is better 
in the mobile capacity and could be more consistent. But you look at that starter before he got banged up, he was more efficient than Bryce was. He wasn't as dynamic as Bryce was, but he didn't turn the ball over, which was a huge plus. When you look at their receivers, they have playmakers on the outside, starting with their tight end, who's going to be the best tight end that we see all season, um, including the, the tight end commit for Notre Dame. He is better than him, in my opinion. Um, I, I'm really impressed with uh, Brevin Jordan. He's just a true sophomore. He was all ACC last year as a as a freshman. He averages over 70 yards a game. I think that's tops in the country, I believe. I know it's tops in the ACC. He had 130 yards versus Virginia Tech, I believe, last week. Um, then you look at a guy like Jeff Thomas, who is similar to what um, Alameda was for us. A shifty guy, can take the top off the defense, bubble screens, jet sweeps. They want to get the ball to him in um, in a lot of air, area. Mike Harley is a guy that could take it. Like, they have fast guys on the outside. It's just the front, the front five of them has been struggling. They got a freshman starting that left tackle and Zion Nelson. Um, the right guard is a freshman. Right tackle is a sophomore. Center is a sophomore. Left guard is a junior. Pretty much the same with us. They may not be the same class as far as first year, second year, and things like that. But experience-wise, it's similar. And that's been the question mark with them because they have playmakers all around. We have playmakers all around. I like their back, DJ Dallas, average over seven yards to carry. Uh, Samoan Slasher can get it done. We we heard that Hollins will get more runs at running back. That's why I call it the – like when you look at both teams, it, it's going to come down to coaching. It's going to come down to the chess match. Coach Nick Howell and Papinga, what can they do versus what Miami offensive coordinator is trying to do? Like, can you outthink them for four quarters? Because they're going to make some plays. Um, they're explosive. They're at home. But can we outthink Coach Dan Enos, the offensive coordinator, for Miami? Then when you look at Coach Anai, he has a chess match with Coach Blake Baker, the defensive coordinator for Miami. And here's the thing with Coach and I, right? For the past week, two weeks, Coach and I has been getting a lot of vitriol. Um, Coach Kurt Benkert came on my show. We were very critical of Coach and I and the third um, quarter adjustments that were a detriment to what we were doing last game. If you look at every game this year, it's been one quarter from every single game that We've taken a back step as far as the play calling. We've gotten too conservative. We put Bryce in the box, just schematically what we're trying to do. But it's been one quarter of every game that we have boo-booed the bed to keep it PG. Other than that, Coach and I has been calling a very good game. I know a lot of people want to see more in the running game. But if Coach and I doesn't have those one, and it's the big if, but, you know, if, if it was a fifth. But you take out one quarter of every game and you just put in average because they've been bad. They haven't been average quarters. Like they've, he's been really, really good or he's been bad. It's no, it's, it's, it's no in between. This episode is brought to you by Carvana. Carvana is in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that will put a smile on your face. They even offer customizable financing so you can plan your down and monthly payments. To shop thousands of affordable vehicles 100% online, download the app or visit Carvana.com. Availability may vary by market.
And we just want Coach and I to raise up to the in-between because you got to start with steps. And Coach and I has come a long way since his first year. Like, you guys know the very first year, I used to let him have it. But I've really come to understanding, like, how he approaches the game. I, I still want him to just stay with what's working and not try to feel like he has to outsmart the defensive coordinator so much. Just, hey, stick to your guns, make them stop you. Uh, but when I heard that Mike Hollins would be getting more touches, I was like, cool, we got another weapon in the backfield. The kid had a very good game versus Wilma Mary. I seen what he did coming out of high school. I was excited. He's a guy that can catch the ball out the backfield as well. You know, you got the Samoan slashes. You, you, you got Atkins. You got Sharp. You got – we just got so many guys that can get it done, so many weapons. A guy like Tavares Kelly hasn't even gotten loose yet. A guy like Terrell Chapman, other than the pit game, hasn't had a big catch vertically down the field. But it's just all about how we construct our game plan to be efficient and dangerous – for four quarters and not just three. Because as we saw in that Notre Dame game, that one quarter can really destroy us. As we saw versus ODU, one quarter of bad play calling can really hurt. Now, ODU might have been more than just one quarter. And I think that was more execution just than his play calling. I feel like we just didn't execute well. Like, I'm not just going to kick a dog wide down. Um, I feel like Notre Dame... We tried to execute, but schematically that hurt us. I felt like ODU we just didn't execute. Um, but if we can – versus Miami, I hate to be a broken record, but you better keep them spread out. You better keep them spread out in my opinion. I mean, if you let Shaq Quarterman and Michael Pinckney and, and, and Romeo Finley, if you just let those guys just stay in the box and hunt, it's going to be a long day for you. You're not going to just line up with just two receivers and two backs and a tight end and feel like you're going to run downhill in Miami. Not with those backers because John Carwin, one of their defensive ends, and um, who's very good. I, I, I like Jonathan Ford and Pat. I mean, I like their front seven. Like, no cap. I like their front seven. And it's and you know how you know how crazy it is is when their backup defensive end, number 15, Gregory, Leads the team in sacks. He's a backup with seven. So they have depth there. And that's why I feel like you got to spread them out. And you got to make them tackle in space. Mirror match. Make them do what they want to do to you. Miami wants to spread you out. Inside zone. Slip screens to the running back. Bubble screens to the slot receiver. Some jet sweeps. Vertical routes. Smash concepts. They want to put you on the island, but they're going to keep you spread out. So what should Virginia do? The same thing, because you can neutralize where their strength is at, in my opinion. That's their front seven. Now, I know a lot of people saying, well, Ballhawk, they so good. You know, we're going to have to make sure we give our offensive line protection. Our offensive line's best friend this season has been Bryce getting the ball out quick due to the route combinations allowing that four wides or three wides oh you go to 11 personnel meaning one back one tight end then you got three wides or you go four wides and one back or four wides and a tight end an empty set I want to see Cowley kept in because when you keep Cowley in the passing game and you send him out where you sit him over the ball or you want some type of H option that you used to see Jason Witten run with the Cowboys a lot you're going to occupy one of those linebackers 
So now you have one backer that's trying to to spy Bryce. But what that's also telling you is that somebody can be next level in between the hashes because the backer eyes are just on Bryce. If you keep two backs in, you allow both backers to keep. That's four eyes on Bryce. Four eyes is tough. Two eyes, I could deal with Bryce. Looking for Gene Tech. They got those turnovers. Their quarterback only attempted 20 passes. He was 10 to 20, but he had three touchdowns. They threw to their tight ends. They had a lot of misdirections, putting you on the island. They just kept the flow against Miami. They would flow. They would roll one way and throw back. They would throw screens to their tight end, screens to the backs. They just kept them off balance. I'm not saying Hooker was magnificent as far as efficiency, but he made plays because the offensive coordinator just created different levels for him to attack. You can't just sit, think you're going to sit back and max protect and try to attack Miami with double and triple moves and things of that nature. Now, you can catch them with double moves. They will peek in the backfield. They will play aggressive, but you got to spread them out because once you spread them out, one of those safeties has to come down. One of those linebackers may have to step out or they're going to sub one of those linebackers and bring in a nickel. We keep a Joe Reed in the slot, one of our better receivers versus their third best defensive back, their third best corner, a third best cover guy. So that's always an advantage. But what will they do when you got a speed guy like a Tavares Kelly and you got to make them tackle? Let's utilize some jet sweeps. Let's utilize Chris Sharp on some swing passes. I know we don't run uh, slip screens to the running backs with some type of inside draw with our running backs. Just something that's in the palette that we haven't showed before and I'm expecting from a bye week, as I stated when we were preparing for ODU, how we that first drive is very, very important. When UVA gets that first drive on offense, it's very important for us to generate points. If you don't generate points on the first drive, coming off a of bye week, something is wrong. Something is wrong, and that's going to breed confidence in the home team. ODU came out. They had a long drive. They got three, but it was something that they saw that they could methodically move the ball down the field versus us. The last time we was down there, Kurt Benker in that offense lit them up in the first half, and then it was like the third quarter versus Notre Dame. The top came off. We can't play to hold on once we get a lead versus Miami. Now, Miami is, Miami is a team that started out slow. They yielded 28 points to, to uh, Virginia Tech. If you look at their stats, and I know a number of guys are going to love this, when you look at them in the first quarter of this year, they've been outscored 25 points, 45 to 20. Their first quarter is their lowest score out, scoring output. The second quarter, they get busy. They've outscored opponents 48 to 9 in the second quarter. In other words, they'll take your jab and your right cross, and you might knock them down, but they're going to take that standard eight count, and they're going to make adjustments, and they're going to start fighting on the inside and making you bite down too. So that's showing me they make great adjustments from first to second quarter. They give you a full quarter to try to figure you out, figure you out. They might be can't get right, but sooner or later somebody's going to knock that blue ball over the fence, and they're going to say, hey, man, enough of that. You better talk. And show me you understand what I'm saying. Third quarter is pretty much, you know, even 34 to 16. And then the fourth quarter, they turn up again. They, that's where they score their most points, 58 to 36. Um, but, you know, 
not going to hold you guys any long. I think the keys to this game is, uh, of course, protecting Bryce. I, I, I think you, you want to go, you know, three and four wides, utilize Cowley as much as you can, like you did versus Notre Dame, whether you're chipping with him first before he, he goes out. Always sending somebody across the face of Bryce uh, to to provide instant hot routes because they like to trigger off the slots. Um, move move Bryce around some, just some semi-sprint outs in a sense because, you know, Bryce does have that run pass option and he will put that threat on uh, corners from their cover concept as far as, you know, breaking the tackle where they roll up and will be some confusion on the back end. Uh, some misdirection plays, of course, some jet sweeps. Uh, definitely take some shots in the slot versus them. And defensively, we have to continue to pressure the quarterback. We have to be sound in the secondary because of the speed of Miami. Do not let anything get behind you. Eliminate explosive plays. Explosive plays are 20 yards or more. If you can do that versus Miami, you can pretty much beat them by two touchdowns, in my opinion. That's if you're also playing clean. You can't let them score no defensive touchdowns or have any short fields. But if you can just keep everything in front of you, make them methodically move the ball down the field, I don't feel like they're very good in the red zone. When you look at them, they're 14 to 24 when it comes to red zone touchdowns. 24 trips, only 14 touchdowns. That's 10 empty trips with at least nothing or a field goal. That's 17 to 24 in the red zone, 71%. Uh, let me see where we are before. I don't even think I, I, I put that down for us. But the thing is, it's always demoralizing to an offense when you get to the red zone, you can't score, and you just kick field goals. And that's what we did to them last year. We made them settle for field goals until the end of the game. That was the difference. Miami should have beaten us last year. When you look at the – go back and look at that game. We should not have won that game, but we did because we bend, didn't break. We were sound in the red zone. We didn't let them get any chunk yards except for the one play in which Bryce ran down the running back, Travis Homer. But other than that, we kept everything in front of us. And that's how you have to beat a team like Miami. You look at the Florida State game, I think they had, I want to say they had one big chunk player, maybe, one or two, and it was on the same drive. But that's anytime you play a Florida team. Eliminate chunk plays. Make them... Be sound. Make them display that they are well coached. And I got no disrespect to none of the coaches at Miami, but that's the one area we should feel like we have the upper hand. Just the discipline, attention to detail, and the ability to consistently play very good football for four quarters. For four. I expect them to one of them quarters really turn up and apply pressure. But the way the Wahoos have been playing, the way that the havoc has been uh, been concocted on defense. I really feel confidence ab- about this game, but it's a mirror match. It's definitely a mirror match. Who can get to the quarterback more and who can generate turnovers? That's what it boils down to. And you got to score touchdowns in the red zone. If you make Miami kick field goals, they're going to get frustrated. We're talking about the 305 bling bling, turnover chain, touchdown reigns. They all about the glitz and the glamour. If they can't get, the, they don't want to be a blue blood and be and make it an ugly game. We made the game ugly last year. That's why we won. Eliminate the big plays, Wahoos, and generate them. 
You can generate big plays. I'm not saying it had to be 20-yard explosive big plays, but just demoralizing big plays, converting on third down, getting off the field on third down, protecting the football, making them play catch-up. If you can make Miami play from behind and they feel like they got to throw the ball, now Perry's going to be confident because of what he did versus Bud Foster and that wide tackle sits. But let's, let's face it, when you look at the Virginia Tech history, no matter what year, anytime a team can spread them out, they're going to get a lot of yards and points on Virginia Tech. That's just what you do versus wide tackle six. I played in the wide tackle six in high school. I know it's a little different. But wide tackle six is not built to defend four wide receiver sets and vertical routes. Just not because they want to get home. So if you can keep the quarterback upright, you'll win. How did Miami end up coming back versus Virginia Tech? They started protecting a little bit. But in the end, Virginia Tech still had seven sacks. But let's not forget, they were they were up 28. They were down 28-0. So it's going to show you they're going to keep fighting. So y'all know the motto, man. Good is the enemy of great. Be great in everything that you do. Never let anybody tell you you can't do what you set your mind out to do. Make sure you subscribe to the Ballhawk Show podcast. This is your first time. Hopefully you appreciate it. Go check out past uh, episode, previous episodes if you want to listen to my uncut call-in shows they're available on anchor.com spotify doesn't carry a lot of my episodes because i have ads attached i got sponsors now that want to play ads doing um my podcast and spotify was zap those so if you uh follow the ball hawk show on spotify you probably won't see this episode up there because i have sponsors from anchor.com anchor fm that's going to attach their product to my podcast. So it's a great thing. If you want to support the podcast, you go to anchor.fm and you can donate. Um, and I appreciate everybody that signed up to donate to the ball hog show podcast. If you go to anchor.fm search the ball hog show podcast and you go to the public site, it has an option that's listed and I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, of course it wants to take, take all day. Cause I'm talking to y'all right now, and it's it, it like really taking a long time. Like this, this is what happens, you know. Anyway, there there's an option for you to uh, donate to the podcast, and I definitely appreciate everybody that's donated in the past and currently donating. It's a button that says support this podcast. It'll prompt you. Um, it's different options. You could do ninety nine cents per month, four ninety nine per month. Ten dollars per month, and um, it it comes out of your your credit card, and basically you just con- contribute and become a supporter of the Ball Hawk Show podcast. So appreciate y'all, man. Salute to my man um, RVA and his podcast, man. Make sure you you check him out. Uh, THP podcast, the joint definitely definitely hilarious though. He they are hilarious. My, my he is unfiltered. Uh, tuck the kids in. Cause he he Eddie Murphy raw out here, so make sure you support everybody that's supporting the Cavaliers. The Saber dot com. Uh, check out Cavs Corner. Uh, my man Jeff White. If I'm forgetting anybody, please don't black my eye. But anybody that's covering Wahoo Sports, man, definitely, definitely support Apple iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Anchor FM, Stitcher, Spreaker. Any podcast platform. All right, let me stop preaching, y'all. Stop selling products, man. It's the Ball Hawk Show. We out here. Huh?
Easy money. It's about to be a surgical summer. Chop the tops off the coops. The cuatro ciento ochenta y ocho. The spider joint. And you know we gotta cut the heads off these snakes, right? Watch the body drop. Drug dealing aside, goose right in the side. Let's have a heart to heart about your pride. Even though you're multi, I see that your soul don't look alive. The M's count different when baby divides the pie. Wait. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.